Yes, 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 it's 268 of G.I. Joburg. 1989 is the best year for G.I. Joe. What kind of premise is that? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Steve. We're back for another enthusiastic chat about G.I. Joe, the ultimate toy line in the world. Get pumped, get ready. Steve is so fresh, because why? Because we're broadcasting at 5 p.m. local time for me, which is incredible. I think for the last two years, I've either been at 6 a.m. or midnight. So this is incredible. I have a very special guest to introduce to you. Uh, Some he's known to uh, some he's a mystery man his name ladies and gentlemen is robert hey hello joe Jarberg. thank you for having me on today <laughs> I, I appreciate this opportunity to chat about 1989 the best year of gi joe how are you doing how are you doing it sounds like you're Dude. very fresh and peppy and preppy I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. Hold me back. So, Rob, I'm featuring as a guest this week because, as has been the case of late and back in the, the history of G.I. Joeberg, sometimes you've had to make do with just Paul and Steve. Rob, the third member of this outfit, has been uh, an enigma. He sometimes is there. He sometimes is not. He's sometimes plagued with power cuts, which has been playing havoc and uh, has made this time slot the optimal one for us uh, because it kind of is right in between two blackouts. So yeah, we have Rob to thank for this. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, this I'm delighted. Wonderful time. <laughs> Paul is at the South African comic convention, the big national blowout for the year. So oh, yeah. uh, even if he was able to make it to this session, I don't think there'd be anything comprehensible coming out of his mouth. So we're going to spare him and ourselves <laughs> the torture. Uh, so you're going to be punished and abused by uh, the two Cape Tonians. I mean, the Cape Tonian and the Brisbaneian. Brisbane, I don't know. Guys, Brisbane. I'm in I'm in Singapore at the moment. I'm with Kim's Singling, family. Singaling. Oh, that's nice. It's awesome. And they welcomed you with open arms and they're loving their grandson. <laughs> he's not loving them. Well, he's loving his cousins. <laughs> the three boys get up to the worst kind of mischief, which is wonderful. He's really connected with them. And I mean, him being a bit of a shy kid to begin with, it's just nice to see him really, really open up and just, just be a boy with these boys. However, he's still quite reserved around granny and grandpa and Aww. aunties and uncles. So it's going to take a little while to, to break the ice, but we're getting there. He'll get there, I'm sure. Not milestones. It's it's measured in inch stones. Greetings to the Berg Force out in the chat. Hell yeah. Especially to the North American contingent too. <laughs> oh man. So we were in a hellish time spot for um the east coast of Australia last time. Now <laughs> it's America that's suffering. For those of you listening to this on the replay, uh, you're not suffering at all. Listen at your leisure. But to the folks who decide to uh, donate a little bit of cash every month to every month to us uh some of them are yeah not not loving the blurry-eyed um uh time zone that we find ourselves in this week but hey man i like a little bit of equity we we kind of we have to straddle many many uh time zones in order for i suppose everyone to have <laughs> a fair shake <laughs> well wake you up guys have your fair shake two years two two years on uh, congrats <laughs> Steve. well done no Rob, do you, do you want to unpack the title for this episode? Why are we talking about 1989? Okay, so during uh, 
Where's the thing called again? <laughs> Iconic. Iconic on 2022. G.I. Joburg was was meant to be on a panel with um Tony from uh Analog Toys. Analog Toys. I was I want to say vintage toys, but I mean that's this analog toys. And we were gonna discuss the well put forward our what we think was the best years of G.I. Joe. Unfortunately, Tony can make it because he was on an airplane somewhere. Uh, in, <laughs> His in flight was delayed. He was traveling <laughs> the States in the the um, the aftermath of Joe Fest 2022. So I yep, think he was halfway between around. Salvador's place of Two Cents Toys and the Valiverse HQ. Or he might have been heading to and from Retroblasting HQ. I don't know. The man was all over the ah, map, it's, it's, it but his confusing. flight was delayed. And so Tony, and, the host of the live stream, couldn't make it. He wasn't even there. He wasn't. He couldn't make it. I couldn't make it because of load shedding. So we we surprisingly started Paul, on, on me winning. Oh, Paul made Paul it. Paul yeah. swooped in last minute. He thought he wasn't going to be there, but he was there in the end. It turned out to be a a four way battle between oh, Reclaimers Vintage Toys, a fellow called Matt Swafford. They've got an Instagram page. Great, great deals. Check them out mm. if you want to. Yeah, actually, you know, he he he's got a Patreon that allows early access to his listings and Whoa. that if you are in the the dealers game is a, a worthy patreon to support <laughs> because man gets deals so he was he took up tony's year of 1985 uh, mike from retroblasting took up 1984 as his favorite year of gi joe i was pushing 1983 just, just because whatever man the sky striker the hq <laughs> the more. original the awesome uh and paul he was the 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 left field choice the 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 latecomer the 1988 crowd so we yeah. needed you rob we needed you to balance you needed out, the guy right? who had the actual best year of joe joe you needed to know <laughs> why all your other years sucked i mean i know tony's year one in the end because uh you know audience law it was his channel that's fantastic it's his channel everyone agrees that 1985 was pretty good it was not in 1989 not at all mm-hmm. not at all 1989 has absolutely fantastic iconic cobra sculpts as well as a lot of mm. new really cool fun joe sculpts um so probably the standouts for 1989 i think um which we've we've gone on to be iconic across the entire line would be the knife viper the alley viper uh version two rock and roll which i think is his more uh personality based one because i mean his original was obviously 1983 and this is the first one where he's kind of like in his own outfit arguably one of the best versions of snake eyes version three and we got a fantastic version of stalker in 1983 as well and probably 1989 (laughs) (laughs) excuse me 1983 did i hear you correctly as as steven's featuring in in these pictures one of the cool things about 1989 is that there were lots of intricate accessories lots of complex accessories um probably one of the standouts would be stalker's boat a really cool accessory to have i mean a figure that comes with his own little boat i think that that is absolutely fantastic the annihilators had amazing backpacks they were kind of like mini fangs, which I suppose, I mean, there's an outshine, the fantastic fang too, but um, they definitely added something. So we had kind of like an air force of, of, of figures in the Annihilators as well as Target as well came out this year. And this year not only features Cobras, 
Joe's, but also ex- expansion of the Iron Grenadiers. Mm. And something else you'll notice through these uh, these beautiful uh, shots that Stephen's sharing with us here. From, um, <laughs> dear listener, sorry, <coughs> for anyone listener. who's not familiar um, yes, or if you're not, following yeah. along with the podcast, uh, we are flicking through the pages of the 1991 Benelux catalog, which roughly corresponds with the 1989 series uh, American releases. So, yes, Targats, the Crusader shuttle, um, the Arctic Blast. <laughs> yeah, that that's stuff. another thing. 1989 allowed you all play styles. There's land, there's sea, there's air, and beyond. As we, as I mean, with, with the Crusader, with Countdown, and uh, with Payload and Target, you can play anywhere in 1989. There's no restrictions on what you could possibly do with this with the figures in this year true where you can go 1983 did not have a space force there was nothing in space force there you, you couldn't go to space you could maybe like um fly around with your you know a strike a sky striker for a little bit but you know true story they did that on the cartoon series all the wrong <laughs> stuff had uh sky strikers with i think like massive rocket boosters underslung to rocket them into <laughs> into orbit because they need to assault a cobra held space base that was i think creating havoc on the airwaves yeah they're taking over tv wild. and you know you can't take over tv man no gonna send the real american heroes to watch kick your come ass come on good stuff i mean wrong <laughs> <laughs> so literally <laughs> every single play style is completely covered by um 1989 every you know earth and beyond can be played in with 1989 and as well as the iconic figures night viper alley viper fantastic versions of rock and roll and stalker you also get some really bombastic vehicles as well in 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 this Ooh. in this timeline um including the, the fantastic thunderclap which is absolutely huge <gasps> and Boom. it's it's too cool the big gun it's, it's two atomic annie up gun. in the air <laughs> and also it's 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 a thunderclap, and then there's also the variants. So we, we get fantastic new paint jobs on, on classics like the, the Conquest. Um, we get a, a version of Tiger oh. Sting. It's fantastic. And also there's lots of sub-teams. So not only do you have a lot of new figures, but you have a lot of repaints of older figures. So that if you did miss them in previous years, or if, you know, uh, you never got a chance to get them. You can get Night Force versions of characters, Python Patrol versions, Slaughter's Marauders. Um, it's endless. I mean, this year overall has about 47 <laughs> figures, which includes the drivers as well as the mail-in figures, and 26 vehicles. 26. It's insane. Hmm. And it's a good year because it covers a lot of wallets, I think. You can get the expensive stuff like the Thunderclap, and for people who just, who can't afford the Thunderclap, there's also cheaper vehicles, like, like the radar the, crap. Yeah, like the I mean, ra- rat. radar rat, <laughs> the radar rat, <laughs> the tri blaster. Um, so there were like smaller vehicles that, that could kind of like fit in between the the bigger ones. So that even if you're a kid, um, you know, on the I don't know wrong side of the tracks, you you could get a character, you could get a little vehicle, and you could have fun. It it allowed everyone just to have fun with. G.I. Joe. And I think that's what this year is all about. It's all about fun. It's about explosions. This year probably has the most explosive um, Joes and Cobras with the Backblast and Heat Viper 
Frag Viper in downtown, you you'd be blowing everything up on the battlefield. You know yourself, your, your the enemies, as well as the vehicles, and everything in between. And as I said previously, as well, it also expands on the um, the not the law, but I mean, yeah, the law of of Jajo. We have Jajo, we have the Iron Grenadiers, Darklon, who's I mean, kind of like his own thing, as well as Cobra. So by expanding on all of that, you also have a lot more possibilities of what play styles and what you want to do when you play. I I I just keep going on and on um, <laughs> without any opposition. Goodness gracious me! <laughs> well, look, eighty nine I think is um, in some respects a, a kind of a moderate year. Like the biggest ticket item in it, new item. I'm not counting the Crusader because it was essentially the Defiant, you know, one <laughs> component of the Defiant repackaged. Um, the big biggest item of the new slate was the thunderclap which is is big but modest by comparison to like the mcc the defiant the terradrome the flag lordy so there there's some moderation to i suppose what hasbro was prepared to to put out there but at the same time i think this was also a year of fresh figure designs this was the mark pennington era of figure designs and they are just wonderfully sculpted fun toys with intricate functions like you spoke about the alley viper it was nothing short of a spiritual awakening i remember the day uh, that flip up visor was demonstrated to me i was in the roll call line at my preschool and a friend well not even a friend just an acquaintance you know how everyone at preschool is your <laughs> friend kid. but they're not really your friend random kid produces this beautiful orange figure from his pocket and there's something loose on it and i just flick it up with my finger and i'm like what the hell i didn't know action figures could do that nothing i'd seen or felt or experienced before that moment could so yeah the the alley viper it, to this day is just stellar. I do wish, and this will always be my lament, that modern interpretations of Alley Viper would go the route of replicating the file card. I mean, the card art. The mm -hmm. visor being a complete face shield has never made great sense to me because it's clear from the artwork it wasn't intended to do that. I think the engineering didn't exist to get it to drop far enough down for the Ali yeah. Viper's eyes to then be exposed. So, you know, it just makes like a knight's armor, like a thin slit where the eyes can go through. Yeah, I've never kind of like liked the I fact that he's... Well, I've never... Well, are you in the same camp as me that you've never liked no, I think the so. idea that I mean, he's got this kind of digital readout? Because, it's weird. Yeah. It's clear it might... that he's able to see. You want he's, he's technological, but he's also very grounded. I like the fact that Night Viper's can do both you know like their advisor is clearly designed to function in night mode and then to be flipped up um so he's he, he it's very evident how he sees in both modes mm. but with the alley viper when it's down what is the cobra symbol on the front a camera has he got some kind of body cam what lens is he using like it makes no sense to me man he's just he's anyway got very good hearing 
This was if you want to champion him having like some kind of holographic 3D VR simulation going on inside his helmet. Feel free to drop down in the comments and 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 make that explanation because personally, I think the low tech solution is the best solution, particularly for a Viper class who is total brute force. That's the Ali Viper's thing. Their final examination is like to jump out of a window with a full combat load and then take a burst of machine gun fire across the body armor. That's it. Like, if they survive that, they've made it. These guys are not about dainty technology. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, no, I, it's I, your I, episode, I Rob. My rent is done <laughs> for now. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, but, like, yeah, it's, it's easier if, if there was opposition to kind of go against. But, um, um, but I think, yeah, it could. This year covers everything. I mean, in, in the air, you have the Cobra Condor, which is a fantastic vehicle with the Aero Viper. Um, the opposition from Jaguar. And also, at some lower price points, you've got some yeah. beautiful little little uh, stocking fillers, if you will. Some budget G.I. <laughs> Joe vehicles like the Mud Fighter and the Fang 2. Oh, man. Yeah. What a great it's pairing. It's all over the place. But, I mean, also then, I mean, Cobra's like answer, at least their, their ground vehicles, they're his too. And I think a lot of people do kind of like poo poo it. But it's cool because. It has a huge section where you can put dudes in there. Um, oh, I will always say that the, guns. the Hiss 2 is, is my Hiss. It's a fantastic. Like when I saw how piddly the Hiss tank was compared to the Hiss 2, I was like, forget about it, man. Uh, I'm going to stand <laughs> proud as a, a latter-day G.I. Joe fan. Like the, the oh, Hiss yeah, 2 dude, might be elegant, but it's... I mean, sorry, the Hiss, the yeah. original Hiss, Beautiful, might be elegant. It's not, it's not functional, you know? Like the but when I see the Hiss... Like it's fully improved. I, I see the septic tank. I don't know if you're the same <laughs> as me, Rob, because we experienced the septic tank first, and it's like, yeah, we no, did. This is the, the septic tank dressed up in black. You. That's cheap. <laughs> what have they done? Sacrilege! You ruined it. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, like so many intricate accessories, like the heat viper um, downtown. Like they just got really creative with accessories and vehicles. Um, probably one of the more interesting vehicles was, um, I think it's called the Raider, um, mm. which was, okay, you, you can ignore this if you want, if you don't like it, but it's still a cool feature because this year features a lot of robot-based things where there's kind of like smaller pieces that kind of go off on their own. And piloted by Hot Seat, who's a very cool-looking uh, driver, um, it makes a very interesting opposition to what Cobra is bringing to the field. There's just so much great like toy design going into these it really really doubled down on the fun factor realism has taken a walk off the map in 1989 we want a vehicle that <laughs> splits apart has swiveling cannons absolutely everywhere inordinate amounts of glass so you can see your action figures they don't kind of go into a cavity and disappear they are absolutely pumping the fun button hard they're mashing yeah, it with their body. fists, feet, and, it, it, and face. But it's also before, before they started like uh, incorporating, um, you know, pay play features to to the vehicles, mm, true. To the toys. So they're still they are bombastic. They're cool. They're over the top, but they don't have little spring things. They don't have gloopy gloop that you got to like pour all over the characters um, to make them fun <laughs> to play with. 
And talk about uh, intricate, intricate accessories. Like the switch in thinking in 1989 was like, let's see how many small parts and pieces we can cram into a bubble. Like, I don't think anyone, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, but 89 didn't have a single guy who just came with a gun or a gun no, in a backpack. I don't think so. It was no. like, they all came even with guys who special accessories. Even guys who could have been that, like Norgahide could have literally been a rifle and a hat. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Comes with a quiver and a bow oh, and no. a knife that goes in a sheath and a machete that <laughs> clips to his forearm and a freaking ball for him to either hunt or befriend. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's, yeah, it's an over-the-top year. It's fantastic. And um, in, in closing, I think, for 1989, I would say, prob- I mean, I haven't even mentioned that the best reason 1989 is the best. Mm. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. 1989 <laughs> is the year that the, the the most amazing and incredible figure ever released in the G.I. Joe line came out. And that's Scoop. Scoop is, he came in 1989. You can't get him any other year. If, if 1989 mm. did not exist, we would not have Scoop. So Right on, you, man. You can, the trump card has been played. Ha- there you go. That's it. 989. Okay. 1988 is pretty cool, some... I'm sure, but I'm gonna hit you with some <laughs> categories. Some some something that you well, I, I stopped short of actually doing this on the, the debate with retroblasting and reclaimers oh. and Paul. Uh because I think we were running along and I, I was a was bit scatterbrained. Because as well. It was because I, you know, expected Tony to play host, and then when we got into the swing of things, I feel like maybe the expectation that was was that I play host, which I'm fine to do, but I perhaps would have been a bit better prepared if I had been prepared. But we did get as far as asking what everyone's favorite small accessory was from their year. So in 89, is there a particular piece that is like a world beater for you, Rob? Like there was no better accessory produced in line ever. I think probably one of the best accessories that did come out of 1989 would be, I think, Rock and Roll's entire setup. <laughs> right. Because it's, once small again, over accessory. the top, it's absolutely insane. It's small, mm. but it's it's cool because it has it has, has the, and I don't think we've had that in the line before, where we had multiple mm. um, gun belts. Bullet belts. Yeah, bullet belts are connected to the backpack. And then you had these, these, it's ridiculous. Like, I think we've probably spent hours, as maybe as kids, but as teens, kind of like, no ways can he hold these things. Like, there's <laughs> no ways can he shoot more than like a second of fire and then he has to like reload. So well, it's, it's ridiculous, it out on but it's the, fun. They spelt it out on the file card. They said yeah. like, Rock and Roll has, um, it, there are a thousand rounds in his, in his, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> drum, his his backpack mounted drum, yeah. and the mini guns that he has have a muzzle velocity, muzzle rate of fire of two thousand rounds a minute. So he'd go through his ammo in thirty seconds, right? If my math holds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's got he's got four of these mini guns, two in each hand. Yeah. So he's got so actually he's got his... seven seconds, a seven second burst, and he's done. And he's finished. <laughs> but I mean, what? that's all you need. Whatever you're shooting at is done too. Mm. You know it. <laughs> but yes, it's impressive. And I don't think 
you can get a more absurd like minigun setup. If he's <laughs> if he's got two of those hogs in each, you know, one in each hand. Good lord. He's working oh. out as he, as he's you know running <laughs> on the field. Well, they do always make mention of the fact that uh, he used to just pump iron and play bass and surf. Hell yeah. So he's still pumping iron. (laughs) And he's playing a sweet tune on those miniguns. Okay, cool. Well, then, favorite uh, aerial vehicle. Let's have another category. I think the best aerial vehicle from this year... uh, I want to say the Python Conquest, um, but Mm. that's kind of cheating. Because but well, it's not cheating. It, it it is. It's I think it's a valid choice. We have to repaint, so it's something new. It's on the Cobra side, um, but I think that once again, Cobra Condor. I think it's the most fun vehicle that came out this year. At least the fun air vehicle. It splits apart. That that's a new thing that that GI Joe does now, and it's got a very cool looking um, silhouette as well. Mm. A kind of like long nosed, almost like in the pickaxe look to it. I don't know. It's got a spooky, <coughs> bony, skeletal figure, a finger kind of configuration. Mm. And the color really helps sell that. Have you ever noticed that how the, the sort of the, the bulbous parts of the fuselage are kind of like a skeleton's knuckles or mm. flanges? No, yeah. Have, yeah. Tarsals. So it are looks, tarsals? It looks, yeah, it looks evil, I think. Um, mm. and Some yeah, people so don't like the color. Nah, I think what we've had black jets, we've had silver jets, we have white jets. I mean, it's a nice callback to the flight pod, the trouble bubble. Sorry, I've said the same thing twice. The claw. (laughs) So Cobra had this kind of bone color in their palette. Like Joe doesn't do pure white unless it's in the snowy environment. So to have this very spectral looking jet bomber. Yeah, man. And, uh, did you know that the the sticker on the fuselage has like kill markings? It's taken out, I think, like five Phantom X nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know it's badass when, and it's a bomber, <laughs> cheapest. But yes, GI Joe has reviewed the Python uh, Conquest and the Condor, so uh, check those out. That's <laughs> and decide for yourself. But yeah, I think yeah, as as Gaz says in the comments, um, Python Conquest is a thing of beauty. It's absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. I mean, just the way that, however, they came up with this Pythonization process, you know, not in universe, but outside of universe to kind of make the vehicles look so mottled and snake like. It's, it's, it's really gorgeous. I've never liked to recolor as much as I like the Python Conquest because, like, if you, I mean, if you, if you are not so hard and fast to the, the release schedule of G.I. Joe and you kind of step back and look at these things and the shape and the silhouette that they have. The conquest is very shark, like very sharp, very aggressive. Like its silhouette is that of a baddie vehicle. I've said it before, like G.I. Joe, like kind of strays towards more conventional, like the Tomcat, Mm. like the Huey Cobra attack helicopter, uh, so Co- Cobra, the organization, <laughs> has the kind of the more freaky, deaky vehicle pool and silhouettes. And on balance, I'd say the Conquest is more Cobra than Joe, just in its blacked out silhouette. So the and 
add to that the the lattice of the conquests or the python pythonization uh, paint job and it's just it's spectacular man snakeskin jet brilliant that's why i think it's of all the repaints it's the most enduring it's had comic book appearances and it's had life as like a cobra basic air superiority fighter long since its release yeah so we banged again, on about that jet before yeah, it's it's an iconic thing that that far outlived 1989 itself. Uh, that I want to highlight again Mark von Leeuwen's comment about for the European releases, it was also the year that coincided with the the Spirit that had the the sort of the grey uniform with those sort of swipes of red angular color. Oh. Stunning! We had that on the the catalogs that we were taunted with down south oh, um gosh, we never got it yeah i remember seeing it quite vividly and thinking who the hell is that i mean it's such a far departure from his original getup and yet it's the same sculpt so it's it gives stalker stalker it gives spirit whole new like mission profile he still came with freedom but like it all seemed very much more like an urban setting very cool too bad about the eyebrows, though. <laughs> he had he had none. In case you're not familiar with that figure. Um, okay, your favorite C vehicle of the 1989 lineup, my boy. So in the C, I think probably. Hmm. We got him stumped, ladies say... and gentlemen. No, I, I want to say the hovercraft because uh, it's an absolutely okay. fantastic uh, little uh, square. Um, beautiful, beautiful vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how much smoke are you gonna blow up everyone's ass? <laughs> I, I okay, gotta, carry on. I gotta say, it's all keep good. waxing lyrical um, about that fucking box of tuna. It's, <laughs> it's like a, a sardine can, right? Yeah, it essentially is. I don't, I don't know how they think boats actually. It's, it's really weird. I suppose Poorly. because it is a hovercraft, it can be any shape in the end, because it literally just has to float above the water. But uh, to have a flat-faced front, like, it's going to make contact with the water often enough. Like, to have absolutely no, like, ability to carve through the water, that's just ridiculous. It, it I, that just moves too fast. Design. It moves too fast. It moves across <laughs> the water. It, it, it moves above the water and above the mm -hmm. land. So, you know, it, it can go anywhere it wants to go. And having such a small profile means that it can literally go anywhere. You can take it inside buildings probably as well. I mean, right? imagine that thing yeah. coming in at you down a corridor. Finished. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Step through a narrow doorway, and that'll be that. But <laughs> it does have two laser cannons and four um, occupant-destroying missiles. Occupant-destroying because it'll destroy the vehicle's occupant. <laughs> <laughs> that's the risk you take working working for cobra um but i think the best one of the of, of the year for me would be the would be the night ray i think it's a fantastic repainting mm. of the of the hover of the the hydrofoil the, the cobra hydrofoil yeah, yeah the, the, the night ray um, I mean, like, I think, yes, the original colors for the, for, for the Hydrofoil are fantastic, but putting it all in black just makes it feel more like a, yeah, like a Night Force vehicle, like more like a, a stealth infiltration vehicle that they would use to be able to Rob, get into places really fast. Do you remember the Yahoo Group's RPG thread 
called G.I. Joe Night Force. Were mm. you on that team? I don't remember if I was on that one. Well, I distinctly remember our infiltration vehicle of choice was the Night Ray. Hell yeah. We absolutely loved bombing that thing into Cobra Aquatic bases. Because it moves so fast and it and, and because it's hydrofoil, I imagine it moves maybe not quietly, but I mean it's it it can because it's going so quickly, you would be able to get in and out so so fast before they even know that you're there. And of course, so I think if they did spot you, Cobra would probably think it's a moray hydrofoil until it's too late. Exactly. That's the smart thing about um these these repaints is that it, it does work as an in-universe thing. You can have yeah, yeah. repaints of things and have the, have them realistically be used against your enemies. Hmm. Okay. Finally, the land vehicle. What's it going to be? Oh, the land vehicle. This so this year has a lot of really good ones. His two is fantastic. Um. Thundercap is absolutely huge and beautiful, but I'm probably going to go with the Slaughter's Marauders Equalizer. Whoa. Because... Right. Because you have one, <laughs> you bastard. It's Thanks to Greg Crocart. Thank you, sir. It's absolutely fantastic. It can take stuff out in the air. It can take stuff out on the land. It's got missiles. It's got guns. It's 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 a fairly compact tank um, body. Which means you can take it to a lot of places. I think you can't go with like bigger vehicles like the Thunderclap. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun. It's it's, it's a really cool. I'm really happy that I have it. Thank you. And Greg, for those again. of you who want to be able to push your mauler around but can't because of the motorized feature, the Equalizer guts all that out and replaces it with yeah. the bog standard dummy wheels or dumbbell Hell wheels. Yeah. No, not dumbbell wheels. They're just little want. little rollers. Yeah. It's terrific, and perhaps a far more sensible uh, vehicle to make Sarge's chief ride. Yeah, man. Yeah, go crazy. He can actually yeah, get down into the, the body of the craft. 89 is, is, is the best year ever. I think I see a lot of people thinking 88 is, is really good, but uh, you're all wrong. It's, it's, it's pretty decent. <laughs> Paul's not here. Paul's not here, so, it's, you know. You're just saying that because Paul's not here. You just gotta stay say nice stuff when he's not here. Paul's a nice guy. He's pretty cool. So Scoop is your favorite Joe. Who is your favorite baddie from that year? Who's the best of the best of the best? Sir, with honors. I I probably go with Ali Viper. I think it's it's too iconic not to go with him. I mean, Night Viper is fantastic too, but I think Ali Viper has more uh, versatility in what you can do with him. It's the one figure that makes lovers of the green team kind of check their principles at the door, I guess. Yeah. No, because you, it's you, just you something special, man. That Fanta-flavored Viper. Yeah, dude. He's a beaut. We can't I mean, I, get enough of him. For 1988, I'll agree there's a lot of good stuff in 1988. I mean, they started to introduce the Iron Grenadiers, which they expanded on in 1989. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a fan of Tiger Force, there's a ton of really cool Tiger Force in there. Um, Night Force is in there too. Um, and then, of course, um, the G.I. Joe version of, of Storm Shadow is in there. So it's, 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 it's a and pretty good If you want to hear all you... about it, check out the debate yeah, on exactly. the Analog Toys channel. So uh, the you, link is in the description below. If you think it's cool, 
yeah, go, go, go listen to Paul waxing lyrical about it. Um, yeah, if you need I've some rebuttal used... against Rob's 1989 love. <laughs> it's not love, it's an obsession. It's a passion. So the alternate code name for this particular episode was going to be Unfinished Business. Because not Whoa. only did we have no Rob on this awesome debate, <coughs> we had no Rob when we discussed our most ridiculous or weird collecting obsessions. Obsessions that we either stopped short of diving into or actually took the plunge and have started. Rob, <laughs> what was well, the one that you didn't elect to to go down? Okay, so the one well if 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 this will if this will load, I will I will tell you. Hmm. Um so it's an, it's not so much an entire line as it is a because it's so expensive. Okay, this thing's taking forever. Tell us about uh, it. Okay, well l l let me tell you. So I think actually no, I'll I'll go with my my alternative. Oh. Um well I I it's well, got there, two, there two things. There's two. So this so the one is one big thing. So the one main thing that I always regret um regret but also because it's so insane like i was like how would i ever afford this it was a red sonia premium format um figure or statue actually from sideshow um which you can actually see now if, if steven is able to share my screen <laughs> hmm I'm afraid I'm not able to share your screen. But anyways, Rob, you're going to have to just talk about Red Sonia. She's uh, from the film, yeah? Red Sonia was, was yeah, I mean, she's based on comic books. I mean, they're published now by Dynamite. Um, she's she quite sexy. Universe. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's from the same mm. universe as Conan. Um, and the statue, I think, it was one to sixth scale. So it's absolutely gigantic. Like, it is basically as big as, as, big as your torso. This is about 40 to 50 centimeters tall. Sorry, and I'm not trying to be an arsehole. I honestly don't have a, a screen to share in my Oh, dashboard. no, no, no worries. DreamYard uh, has been no buggy today. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to describe it. It's it's fantastic because mm. Sideshow produces absolutely incredible, um, I wouldn't say one of a kind, but I mean limited edition figures and statues. And this thing is amazing. Because Red Sonia is dressed in... A, her, her typical attire is a tiny little metallic bikini, essentially. You can see essentially her entire body. And the sculpting that they've put into this figure and the pose that she's in, it just looks absolutely lifelike. Like, it's incredible the Oof. level of detail that they're able to put into this figure. Is it and cold? She's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think she gets cold. Apparently, there's a magical um, enchantment upon this... Uh... <laughs> A bikini that keeps her warm. Is it a statue? It is a statue, yeah. So it's a Red Sonia She-Devil with a sword collector edition. And she's is standing she stabbing upon... a snake? Yes, she's standing standing above uh, the dead body of a snake. Oh, no. Then I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay, you're looking at the wrong... No, it's Dev, I promise you, Saicho have done uh, half a dozen of these things. Um, mm -hmm. But she's standing above, like basically inside the mouth of, of a dead, gigantic snake. And like her lower half is covered with a with beautiful spattering of blood. Um, and her sword is completely, two swords are completely um, like splattered with the blood too. But like the figure is just, 
it was just the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. <laughs> it was just so well sculpted and put together. Like she, she looks alive. Hmm. Um, but the biggest problem with this thing was was the price, which was five hundred and fifty dollars at the time when when it when it released, which I think at the time was about tw also because of my having to import it through work. Uh, I think it would come to like fifteen or twenty thousand rand, something to that effect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> so I, I thought very hard for a long time about wanting this thing because I really wanted it. Like I was working out how could I afford to get this thing and um, where the hell would I display it? Like it would have to. I I, I don't even know where I would put it. Payment plan. <laughs> payment plan. Thankfully, Saicha does have a payment plan. But no, actually, I, I mean, I could have actually have paid it off at, at, at work. They they very kindly do allow me to. Um, uh, oh, no, she isn't holding axe. She's holding two swords, uh, Gaz has asked in the comments. What I can do is share the... I can send Stephen the link. I'm looking at her behind. Uh, <laughs> that I will share uh, for everyone's edification. I found one image <laughs> and... Get ready for jaw-dropping sculpting in action. Boom. Sorry, listeners. Yes, this is this is the one. Um, look her up in your it, own time. Yeah, definitely do. Um, she's absolutely incredible. Like, she's the most, to me at least, the most beautiful statue I've ever seen. Um, not just because of the, the angle that Stephen's <laughs> sharing now, but just overall. <laughs> it's just so well sculpted and made. And it looks so lifelike. Um, I've never seen a statue that um, they kind of made me want to buy it so much. Because usually, I mean, I'm, I'm not a statue guy. I like figures. I like being able to move things and play with them. But this is the one exception where I was like, I want this so bad. <laughs> but I did not. I did not pull the trigger. I was very careful. The other thing that I didn't pull the trigger on was um, Acid Rain. Mm. Acid Rain figures... Because they were basically scaled to modern Joes, I thought they were really cool. And I liked the aesthetic of the Acid Rain line. But once again, to me, at least they felt very expensive for what you're getting. Like often you would, I think it's like one little gut dude or one little vehicle or something. Um, but yeah, Acid Sorry, Rain. I'm putting Rob off you know, his stride a little bit oh. because I have finally found. <laughs> found his link to the red sonia <laughs> on the sideshow page why why didn't my search engine take me here first but yes uh, uh, it, it just very tastefully photographed my goodness no she's absolutely cool if you if you click her um you'll you'll get the entire gallery of images um but no she's absolutely amazing she's huge um she's it's, it's a beautiful statue i can't actually you have to see it for yourself to understand why why it's so gorgeous Oh, have you seen it in the in person, bro? I haven't seen it in person, no. But um, but like, it's just like, but I mean, I mean, see pictures of it. If you can just see pictures of it, I mean, if I had seen it in person, I I think I would have had to have bought it. I would have to have taken out a loan or <laughs> <laughs> Refinance. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. So, where did that leave us? We're gonna that put Sonia just... into our rear view and leave her behind us. So. <laughs> um, you can't so that do us any back there. So acid mm. rain was the other thing that entire line i like i would have liked to have delved into that because it looks fantastic and they they, they look they look new wow. they look fun i mean acid rain i mean if you've seen them they 
amazing but like to me they were just too expensive like if and i wouldn't want to get just one i want to, i would have wanted to get like a few to be able to like have that you know have them work together essentially they are in that aesthetic that i i i think i was more enamored with uh in my early 20s the weathering the realism mm. the the lived in world making toys look as photorealistic as they can at that scale yeah. I know that's the wheelhouse that our buddy Jim Godfrey, the most fabulous customizer I know, um, mm. he he plays in that world all the time. I mean, that he, he's a, a miniatures guy, so he's got those kind of paint effects at his fingertips, and he really gets so much life into these small, small playthings. I mean, they're relatively tiny to be getting like skin tone shading to, but he does it, and he does it with aplomb. Uh, I have kind of flip-flopped into the more toyetic camp and I've been there ever since because having a hyper-detailed, realistic acid rain toy would not mesh with my dumpy, weird-looking men from the 80s, you know? And for those <laughs> of you who, who can mix these worlds, power to you. Um, I kind of make it a, a limit on my spending. I'm like, nope. The aesthetics don't mesh, so I'm not going to dabble in that very expensive hobby. But good yeah, shot, Rob. Just, they, do, so they do deserve a mention. I think the last Acid Rain toy I saw reviewed was actually on Action Robot Punch's uh, YouTube channel. Wonderful. Mm. Like, um, I think it was either, I think it was a six-wheeler, and the wheels could kind of raise. So oh, I suppose cool. it could, could clear really high terrain and then lower to be more compact. It had a troop uh, ramp that dropped down in the front and uh, I think at the back as well. And the driver's section, like the troops would actually run past the driver, which I thought was a fascinating choice. Um, <laughs> and it came with like an add-on pack because the basic vehicle, in order to, I suppose, be more cost-effective, is just a flatbed. But you can armor it up by purchasing additional kind of side walls and a roof so it could be fully um customizable what's the word modular yeah modular. but like in, if you amazing. want to save yourself some money you could buy just the basic flatbed version and it would it would serve as a troop transport just as much but like if you need the armored up appearance you gotta hit a little bit higher you know you gotta <laughs> let the wallet take a little bit more of a wallop but i suppose it's it's not that bad for a toy as detailed and as functional as that. Mm, good stuff. Okay, so these were ones that were near misses. Yes, now you owe me. I didn't buy. Now you owe me one that you actually did. So I think most people, Stephen's probably expecting this too. At least he thinks it's, it's me. I'm gonna say the pop vinyls, mm -hmm. um, where I went a bit crazy with pop vinyls, and but I still think they're fantastic. Uh, I don't need to collect all of them, but I have the ones I want, which is the Twin Peaks ones. Uh, it's an amazing little lineup. Together, they work well. Um, and they're cheap, which means that, I mean, yes, it's 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 a crazy thing to kind of get into for a little while. Um, but at least it's not like destroying your wallet. And it's not going to take up tons of space afterwards. And you're like, oh, God, why? Well, it's destroyed at least one of my favorite Singapore tour shops. Oh, no. They now exclusively only sell pops wall to wall oh. floor to ceiling every oh. single shelf pops they used to have everything a little sampling of like old school joe new school joe transformers like random japanese toy brands that 
I can't even pronounce their names of. They had it all, man. Now it's pops. Only pops. Boo to uh, that, I say. That's unfortunate. Yep. Because it but... is a very niche thing, I, th- I think. I mean, it does appeal to normies, as it were. Um, because you can get literally any character you ever wanted as a pop. If you don't, if you if you if you like the the aesthetic of the pop vinyl line, but the thing that I actually do still, I think years later, regret buying because they're so similar to other toys that you could get for so much cheaper. But I think we were both um, sucked in because of the fantastic packaging and and just just being able to buy something physically in a shop. Actually, the Macros Jets in their oh, fantastic, yes. beautiful, huge book case, uh, book, book, book mm, packaging. It was the Harmony Gold collection. Yes. It came in these giant blue hardbound-esque. They looked like oh, the, books, absolutely but you'd gorgeous, open yeah. them up and there were no pages. There was a big honking jet, a Veritech fighter, if you will. Right in the middle there. I, I loved them. I loved all the time we had spent with them. But I feel like they're essentially like more expensive um, transformers, and transformers generally do it better. I think you know those sort not of not to mention the fact that they effectively sold us the same jet like five or six or seven times. Yeah, and we bought it over and over. Minor and over cosmetic changes to the head of the robot or the yeah the, because yeah, it, was the the, robot it was the other dudes. It was the other guys, um, you know, vehicle. You know, it's like, oh, it's, that's his one, and this is that one. And then so I, I ended up with the blue one. Um, I think the only one we didn't get was Maria, the the the, the Zentradi, the red jet. Yes. Uh, we had everyone one else. Yeah. And, like, the super packs. Like, oh, I guess it was <laughs> that, that collector urge, which people are probably feeling with anything that has a numbered spine now. Yeah. It's like so beautiful. Like, classified, for instance. You just want to have this unbroken chain of numbers. I think Japanese toy collections did it first. Mm. And now the West has caught on. And now there's no going back, man. Like Transformers does it. G.I. Joe does it. I'm sure everyone does it's, it. It's Pops all over the place. I mean, yeah, we did it with, with the Transformers, the classic line that, um, the well, the Masterpiece line eventually became numbered. But I mean, those original ones that we got, what was that line called? There we oh. went crazy too, with that Transformers line. They were also oh the, the dream. They, they were called dream the Dreamwave collection, or that's the the, yes. the collector's name for them. But basically, oh, they were yeah. put out by Takara Japan, so they were superior to the U.S. releases because yeah, you know the missiles with correct length and the plastic was the right color and the chrome so that's, was that's in the, the right time places. When, like, and like, the it, stickers it, were good, but they all came with like wonderful. booklets. Yeah. And these massive boxes that would just fold out. I mean, it was really celebrating each individual Autobot car, for instance. Like, Skids had this glorious box and oh, tracks his, his and box was way jazz and Prowl. <laughs> I mean, all these basic, basic Transformers just reissued with a lot of fanfare. And yeah. yes, they had a numbering system on the spine. So when you displayed them all together... They were fabulous. They also came in these beautiful colors. Like the design was so strong. Um, Of all the kind of modern reinterpretations of classic boxes, I'd say that one comes very close to topping original Transformer packaging. Like it's just spectacular. Mm. Just adds more to it. But um, 
But yeah, I, I really do now, years later, regret the macros jets. I mean, they just take up so much space. Um, and like, I want to keep them safe. You know, I want them to stay inside their books because they are more expensive than, you know, any average GI uh, transformer that we, we've bought. Um, I suppose, you know, compared to like the Masterpiece stuff, those are probably on the same par. But like for what they are and the quality, at least of, of especially the, the older ones, the ones based on the older series, they, it's like it's such a quick transformation and you're done and you're like, okay. What just I anyone who's wondering which one we missed out on, it was the red one piloted by Maria Sterling. She marries Max ah. Sterling. So she's the Zentridi, I suppose, ace who defects or comes over to the, the human side. Mm. But yeah, that was, yeah, to me now, that's a disappointment. I'm just like, it takes up so much space and I'm, and I'm not going to do anything with them. Do you know that I was again. pissed off with you for a long time? Because I had kind <laughs> of bought like the same jet over and over again, effectively, but we divvied them up and like you, you you're like, I'd completed my list and mm. you hadn't completed yours. <laughs> well obviously i realized very quickly that this was not this is a, a losing game <laughs> yeah it was yeah, uh, they weren't cheap uh, either oh they stupid. weren't cheap God. yeah i uh, we were both stupid um but it was just so beautiful you know they're just gorgeous like the pack everything about it was just made to sell to collectors and that's what we are we collectors but people always should play with things but yeah, they, they, they got us good. They got us real The good. last bit of fin unfinished business I want out of you, Rob, has to do with <coughs> G.I. Joe's on their downtime, which we had uh, a discussion on, I think, two two episodes back with uh, the wonderful Mr. Ryan Sweeney, in fact. Uh, check it out if you missed it. But Rob oh, missed yeah. it because of ESCOM, and um, I think a little bit of tiredness crept in as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a nap there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so easy to do in the dark. Like, it's just like, what do you do? Like, I end yeah. up just, like, lying there, and, and, and within minutes, it's like, poof, out. He's out. But it's the only time I can actually... You suggested really it, you bastard. <laughs> I know. You suggested that topic. <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's the worst part. Night falls on the Cobra Terradrome. Storm Shadow's taking out the trash. Tomax is <laughs> boosting Zaymot's wallet. He needs the extra cash. Okay, so what do these guys get up to? <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two of them that they came up with. So, um, oh, because I mean, so many of them, are, so many of them are so easy. I, I thought, um, but like one or two of them, I, I I thought a little bit more about. So I think Crazy Legs apparently absolutely loves classical music. So I could. I could see him on his off time going to going to concerts, kind of like he, just being completely involved in the classical musical world. And he probably supports uh, a local orchestra. He can't play instruments, um, or at least he can't play the organ, which apparently he absolutely loves as well. But I can see him kind of being completely involved in the classical musical world where he has like a huge, maybe vinyl collection, um, he kind of like sits around at home late at night listening to to beautiful music really loud and he has his favorite versions of certain things like oh you know this guy doesn't play this this, this very well um <laughs> well you know the other guy like his, his piano works so crick. good but yeah I, I think he was probably an, an absolutely huge arm credit armchair critic of classical music and classical uh musicians so i i can see him kind of like sitting around at home and 
going absolutely crazy links for his <laughs> his classical music. Is the file card like an ironic joke? Is that Mr. Harmon's sense of humor? Because I think it kind of falls a bit flat. Like it, it gives people because it doesn't resolve the ambivalence. It's like Crazy Legs could have been a concert organist if his fingers weren't so short. It's like, mm. well, ha ha ha. This is basically saying nothing. Um, <laughs> like, it doesn't add anything to him as a character. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't I, give you anything extra to like go off of. I could be a Playboy bunny if I was born a female. Like, you know, it's like, kind of non sequitur. Um, I, I don't know. That was where my mind went. Must be Red Sonia's influence again. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think, Rob? Is it a joke or is he actually. He's actually a keyboard player and he's got skill, but an organ just requires more reach than he is, he physically can I th- I th- achieve. I, I, I do think that. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that, that he does enjoy playing music in his off time. He listens to music. He 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 supports it. Um, but I think from maybe from Larry's point of view, it probably was definitely a joke that didn't come across so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know take it or leave it some people do run with it i know troy he, he inserted organ music uh when uh crazy legs makes a kind of combat jump mm. as a direct quote like a direct you know reflection of the file card information but for me i'm thinking like this is just this is this is larry's humor it's sometimes doesn't make sense it's like waiting for god <laughs> it's absurdist you know just, just enjoy it just enjoy it for what it is uh, at least it isn't the later file cards where everyone is like a superhuman hero, amazing person, and they all come from Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> true, true, true. Absolutely no uh, personality to most later characters, unfortunately, at least in their file cards. So another one I, I thought of was Wetsuit. So Wetsuit loves apparently to read military tactics. Um, he's into the mm. classics as well as standard texts. So he's, he's like a, a huge tactics buff, buffin. Boffin, boff, buffin, boffin. <laughs> um, so I, I could kind of see him as a, as a, in his spare time, as a military historian. Um, he probably like um, tours uh, like battle sites in the states or wherever else he is. You know, so like if he happens to be on a mission in on a Peru or somewhere in Europe, he will actually go and seek out these these battle sites and kind of see for himself how hmm. the tactics would have come out like why did they choose to do the things they did um in that situation and kind of like maybe for himself he he writes up his own like little things of like, how would he have done it better um Interesting. So that would be... i'm sure there are plenty of military historians in gi joe like people who are oh, really sure. just like family military like he probably has great chats with um with uh falcon Falcons yeah. three generations Green Beret or something like that. So mm. yeah, interesting. Like family like like survive through all these different things. And as a more <laughs> playful, fun thing, bullets, um, I, would, guts. I would think <laughs> glory. <laughs> uh, but more playfully, um, like so, not just like the serious, more like military story and thing. I I can imagine him playing a strategic tabletop games. So something like Warhammer or something like that, where he kind of like gets into making the figures. And he and he loves to like battle other people with his um you know his tactical prowess. So in a, in a more fun way, 
I can imagine him doing that. <laughs> this big beefy uh, marine just kind of like sitting around, you know, frantically throwing his dice across the table. Give me success, sir. <laughs> I approached this question the other way around uh, when we did the recording, but I didn't get around to, to mentioning any of mine. So maybe I've ah. got a, a second chance here. Like I researched what would the what Google at these things are the weirdest pastimes. Ah. Oh, and trying to find those to, to, to yeah, a, a see. Interesting. So have you ever heard of extreme ironing? No. What? It's people who go to the most extreme places, like hang off buildings and, and do iron ironing. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... <laughs> Have you ever heard of a guy called Colonel Courage? Colonel Courage. No, why name... would you? God, it sounds God. familiar. Well, Maybe they make a point so on this guy's but... file card about how he never goes into battle without his uniform freshly starched and with his, without wearing his tie. Something to that effect. <laughs> like, this guy's a neat freak. So I figured if there was any Joe who, who <laughs> indulged in extreme ironing, you know, with red and blue lasers sailing overhead... It was Colonel Courage. It's like, no, Cobra, wait right there. I need iron. <laughs> I got to put on some fresh dressed greens before I kick some tail. Yeah, That's so Anyways, cool. Give me another one, Rob. That's a really nice approach, though. I, li I like the way that you came at it. Oh, well, I mean, there, there's more. Have you ever heard of news raiding? No. These are people who make a pastime of like seeing new news crews in the wild and like jumping in front of the camera. <laughs> it's a hobby. It's called news raiding. You like, so every time you see someone doing a broadcast, you make sure that you make a spectacle of yourself in the background. So who would one do way that? of becoming infamous, I guess oh, I didn't get that far, but I just, I thought it was so absurd that this is actually a thing. News raiding. LARPing was a thing as well on the sort of the top 100 weirdest hobbies. But we spoke a bit about that last time. Turns out uh, cross country is a, uh, a reenactments guy. That's why he wears the, the Southern outfit. <laughs> Conf Confederate flag at all. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. That's fantastic. So he's not necessarily into that sort of stuff. He just. Oh, he, he is to the same yeah, degree that, you know, he's, he's a, um reenacting the civil war <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> they are dressed in blue after all uh, <laughs> okay oh, okay so another one uh, it was pretty straightforward um i did, probably wouldn't even think of it as doing it in his downtime um it's probably it's not as creative as as, as i think uh, i think probably my favorite one that i came up with was wetsuits um so they make mention of Spearhead being um successful insurance salesman. Mm. So I could see him kind of like in his downtime basically helping out all the Joes. Because, I mean, they can't get paid a lot of money. I don't think G.I. Joes get paid a lot at all. So you need someone on your side who's going to help you get the most, you know, out of your taxes at, in tax season. And I think there are a couple of other Joes on the team who do do insurance and, and other sort of um similar... um. Occupations yes, where they kind of like all yeah, come together and they're like, let's make sure that everyone gets the best that they can get out of their, you know, the money that we're making here. Um, 
it so does allow kind of for um, great cover stories if you have a covert operation. You, you've oh, got the, sure. all these Joes that have actual, like, more mundane uh, functions, whether it's yeah, a, a I think um, hard top. Or... When I, was it hard top? I mean, not hard top. There was another one of the drivers. Alpine is a to... finance clock. Yeah. Hmm. And there's a lot of the drivers, I think. Well, not a lot of them, but there was one driver. I can't remember which one it was. I think, I think it's the Spirit has the social mobile, services listed on his. The mobile command center, the driver for that. He's oh, was like he's done, Yeah, he's done a ton of um, construction work. Like that's, sure. that's one of his big things in his, that he worked on before he joined the Joes. So I mean, it's also something else that he could do as an undercover guy. Um, mm. But yeah, I imagined this entire team of like Joes who are huge into finance and 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 uh, insurance, like kind of like helping the rest of the team to kind of. Gonna get the most out of their salaries. <laughs> Got anything <laughs> else for us, Rob? Well, no, those are the, those are the three the three main ones that I came up with. Well, should we I was talk hoping about to be inspired shit? by you guys. I was hoping oh. to be inspired by you guys during the episode. What you're saying? You're not. <laughs> All right, I am. Being... Am I not I inspiration in enough? In the moment. In the moment. Do you need deadly moment. pencils? <laughs> I need me a little deadly pencils and a bullet flat circle time. Um, to really get me going, <laughs> Rob. You've got new shit and you don't even know about it, pal. Oh, my because goodness. the last video released on the GI Joe YouTube channel is, in fact, a very cool surprise unboxing video from a fella called Rob who lives in the States. But because I was all over the map, I had this beautiful donation box from him <laughs> sent to Singapore. Well, at least Singapore's unlikely or slightly less likely to be flooded, forest fired, power cut. Postal strike. <laughs> it's it's pretty stable out here. Anything so can happen in Africa. He sent you. Uh, well, I I would urge you to watch the video, but you knew it was coming. Uh, at least one item on the on the hit list. A beautiful quick kick with the most Aww. gorgeous feet. That was too nice. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, and uh, you will be thrilled. Um, maybe don't watch the the unboxing and be surprised. Maybe because, I won't. Yeah. I'm going to There's some other goodies. Okay, he that's, sent that's me I like surprises. The mm -hmm. Action Marine. Kind of Whoa. on the back of the Action Sailor review that I did uh, beginning of the year. Um, mm -hmm. This kind of is one of the, the 30th anniversary Joes, and he's terrific. Comes with a rubber dinghy. Has this amazing marine uh, camouflage pattern of brown and black. Very intricate. The helmet even bears this kind of tortoiseshell um, mottled camo. Wonderful. If you're watching the YouTube version, you see I've got him pictured with the Roadblock Mardus, the original one, which I've never owned, and it's gorgeous, uh, which is also a donation from Rob. And it's got that terrific, like, discoloration that the plastic takes on, where the kind of the inner green parts have taken on a slight brown tinge. It's, it's kind of cool, it's, though. It's like it's weathered, and you didn't have, you didn't even have to try. It absolutely is, and I think it's got to do with the way the plastic is breaking down over the years. Because Firefly's gun, which I think is cast in the same vat of plastic, it's that same green color, mm. has also taken on these kind of brown discolorations in the kind of the crevices of the mold. Beautiful, but yeah, man, the figure himself also just like shows us what. G.I. Joe could have been doing in 1994 if they weren't kind of going down the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
rabbit hole of neon colors. Like this guy's <laughs> awesome, and yet he's still very much O ring. He's got these baby blue eyes, got a scar on his cheek. He's got like a gray undershirt. I love the way his his trousers are bloused into his his um, his boots, or sort of over his boots, I should say. Oh, Very well sculpted. Wonderfully designed figure. Um, bit of a sculpt weirdness that some reviewers point out is how he's got this drop-off between his shoulder and where the arm fits in. Oh, that's Which leads me to believe, like, do you think maybe this guy at some point in his design history was going to have an action feature? Like a Let's fist General Tojo action feature. <laughs> I imagine so. I mean, that is very weird for them to be that low on the figure. Mm. Well, st- Unless your he was snake meant to have, eyes. Like, really big arms. The Ninja Force sn- snake eyes. Mm. He's got this a similar thing, which basically allows him clearance to do his choppy choppy action. Yeah. But this guy, it's inexplicable. Because he doesn't have an action feature. They decided not to do it because they were like, oh, we're done with that. No more. Sorry, Rob. Bit of dead air. Uh, it's almost no, time to bath my kid. Um, hey, he's getting dirty. Speaking of, dirty. he loved that dinghy. Oh. Elliot was, uh, I mean, the pictures tell the tale. I was t- taking a picture of the Marine in a puddle of water that Elliot and I were playing in, and he <laughs> saw what I was doing, runs over, and forget about it. That's that's the last picture <laughs> I can take with, with the dinghy. <laughs> yeah, great, great accessory. Uh, I also got rather un- unceremoniously further down my collecting rabbit hole of Toy Biz <laughs> X-Men action figures. I got the first release of Sabretooth. Now, this was nail-biting because it was delivered to my Airbnb that I was staying at in Australia. Oh. And it arrived an hour before we had to leave for the airport. No, that's I was crazy. watching this tracking number like for two weeks. <laughs> Like, why would it have to be the thing that takes the longest to get from one end of the country to the other has to happen when I'm about to leave it? Like, why? Why do this to me, fate? Anyways, <laughs> it, was, it was emotionally draining, man. No, <laughs> I can imagine. Figure. Like, oh, my God. It Will like, it, won't do? it? Will it, won't it? When I saw the high-vis jacket of the postie coming up the road, I was like, yes. Thank you. My prayers have been answered. Unfortunately, the um, uh, the delight turned to dismay when I realized this figure had been previously repaired. I think his, his fist arm had broken and uh, had been very discreetly glued, but it means that the articulation at the elbow is useless. Uh, so I bought another one. <sighs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Singapore is toy mecca, man. <laughs> You can find everything here and a better deal, unfortunately, than this one, the one that I currently have. And comes complete with the the tuning fork accessory. And he'll uh, come to you, and he came to you much quicker. No, this is not him. I haven't. Oh, that's not him yet. I haven't gotten him just yet. But yes, I've closed in on a a deal. A sweet, sweet deal. But uh, that's me for new shit, Rob. Well, well, Um, Gaz, at least, uh, um, you know, because of your new thing, he suggests maybe the design was to be a flak jacket originally. So maybe. Very good. Maybe that would explain the drop off. To make Mm. more space, yeah. And also, I like Darren's comment uh, relating to insurance. Crazy legs. I wouldn't jump if I were you. Your collision coverage is not paid up. (laughs) 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 
yeah, no, just what you want to hear when you're about to do something extremely risky. Exactly, like, like the, the guys like shouting at you, "Don't do that." Your gap cover is not gonna cover this. Oh shit! <laughs> I got a wife uh... and kid. <laughs> Rob, before we go, give us yes. a loving scoopful. Okay, so our last episode was us interviewing Hans Chow, and uh, he was introducing everyone and their their son to. A lot of toys that he absolutely loves. And a lot of people um, were very appreciative of his reviews. Um, Bayushi Gemma says, Hans made some old toys more valuable with his, re- with, valuable with his reviews. Anything Joe's uh, said that he did, in fact, immediately buy a Pedro Grizzly Tank after listening to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Hans and is a very, very enthusiastic and very... Uh, he absolutely he loves these vehicles. And he, yeah, I, definitely. And finally, um, probably my favorite one um, from last week's episode was Spoon Killer, who said, great episode. I've only gotten back into Joe's in the past year or so after a 35-year hiatus. Painful to see all the stuff I missed out. Well, Spoon Killer, it's all still out there, and you can buy all of it still. Um, if, if this that channel, Thunderwing if... Jet is available here in Singapore for $250 Sing dollars. That's Whoa. about... 200 us no no it's less about 150 oh, yeah, us it's not too 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 bad yeah mm, i don't know mm. I, the only thing that stops me is i have a f22 made by a company called motormax and it's mm. obviously a more budget vehicle but it has a one seat cack cockpit one seat cockpit <laughs> It does accommodate a figure reasonably well. I mean, the figure is, it's cozy, but it doesn't mess with the proportions of the F-22. It is, at least in silhouette, a perfect replication of the F-22's lines. And yet it still holds a three and three quarter inch action figure. So but can you look through it and shoot things? <laughs> can you look through the tailpipes and see <laughs> the ground? Periscope action style. Yeah, no, it can't do that. But if I need to see I the can. ground, I'll just look down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hans, that's, you're not here to defend use, your toy. That's a pretty useful ability to have, looking down. But um, yeah, Spoon the Killer... The F-22 is um, not designed to be a choice. bomber, goddammit. It's designed to, to kill everything else in the well, air. Well, as a toy, it's it's a bomber. Mm. But yeah, I think Spoon Killer, if, if, if this channel is any evidence, if the, all the other G.I. Joe and toy channels are, are any evidence... You can you can definitely get. I'm so glad that you're back into GI Joes, and you can go back and get all these things, and you can enjoy them vicariously through us, through um, through all the other channels that uh, produce incredible GI Joe content, and anything else you like. Maybe if you like Star Wars, get you know, get some Star Wars stuff. Oh, let the me issue a retraction least. right now. The more I think about it, of course, the F22 has uh, air to ground stores. Oh my god! So it, it 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 can bomb. I take that back. I mean, ah, Stephen takes it back, guys. The, the F twenty two GI Joe vehicle is accurate to the real life thing. Yeah, my it, goodness, it can do everything except come in under budget. Bazinga. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that wraps up our business for this session. Yeah. Thank you for joining us at this most interesting time. Members of the Berg Force, I see all three of you. Well, Stephen uh, has like been to very also awake. Be... This is amazing, actually. Yo, I'm jumping all so over energetic. you. 
<laughs> but if you do want to join the the, the Berg Force, patreon.com slash G.I. Joeberg is <laughs> the way to do it. The link will be in the description below. Thank you. Thank you to our current supporters for all that they do. Thank you to the guys who found my little vlogs, my message in a bottle, my secret Easter egg to anyone who wants to chuck three bucks a month at the YouTube membership. Uh, every week I'm going to have a little ongoing play motion series very very uh <laughs> I'm, i can't say low effort anymore because i actually do edit them now but it's a very bare bones bit of storytelling like a minute and a half to five minutes in length anywhere between those two um of just i don't know an ongoing story involving a handful of characters that are road tripping along with me through this uh world tour of elliot hell yeah, yeah. Good times, good times. Episode 269, come back for Steve Takes It Back. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Thanks, we'll have all three next week, but we can't uh, make any promises. Yeah, no promises. This world is so, it's all over the place, you know, like it's so, yeah, and we're all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, we will absolutely but do our best to be here, though. Even if it's just one of us, there will be a show. Even if it's just Rob. I mean, I know we everyone it. prefers that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to I've yet to do a solo appearance on this podcast. I know I talk a damn lot anyway. Yeah, but you do. I I find I don't know that if very I'd want to do it. I don't know if I'd want to do it on my own, and I don't know if I I'd want to abuse everyone with well, it's not an hour and a half of me. Like, you know, it's like sometimes it's just like it has to be done. You know, um, well, and touch wood that day has not come yet, and and hopefully will never transpire. Because Rob, you're my oldest friend, and this is oh, quintessentially I'm really old. All I want to do ever. <laughs> Just Hell talk yeah. to you about toys. Thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll be back Thank in 269. Hell yeah. Nice. Yo, Yo Joe. Yo. Yo. Yo.